So when you start raising your price, it becomes really obvious too that you can't compete. And you can't just sell. If you're not competing on price, you have to differentiate yourself on value. And we were unable to do that without a sales system. So we started kind of having trouble with our closing rate. And so little by little, we figured out we needed a sales system that could tell our story better. Have you ever felt like there's a secret club of successful contractors and you're left outside? Want in? Well, you just found the entry door. Welcome to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Each episode, we pull back the curtain, revealing the stories, strategies, and secrets that top leaders use to grow their home improvement business and enjoy more success, more wealth, and more freedom. Discover more at thewealthycontractor.com. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. I have a great guest with us today, Ryan Engelbrecht from StormGuard of Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for being here. So let's start off, give everybody your your, uh, two-minute backstory because you didn't start in the home improvement business. So let's hear your the two-minute version of your story. Sure. Real quick. Uh, we own a roofing, siding, and window company, uh, as you stated earlier, based out of Madison, Wisconsin. We opened nine years ago, and we opened up as an insurance restoration company, primarily roofing. About four years ago, we made the transition to a retail company and, and moved away for the most part from the insurance side. Prior to that, uh, I graduated from the University of Wisconsin in engineering, and I spent about 20 years in manufacturing. And so uh, I got to a point where I wanted to do something a little bit different and bought into StormGuard, which is a national franchise. And uh, kind of the rest has been history. And we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about that journey. Okay. So nine years ago, you started the business. It was Storm Restoration. We met, what, about four years ago? Yeah. Is that what, that's when you started making the move into more retail because look, the storm business is a tough business. It's you're it relying on events. And but if you don't have an event, you don't have business. Yeah, it's a it's a really hard business to predict. It's hard to keep people. You're doing four million one year, the next year you're doing two million. And yeah, it, it's just a challenging business to run. And and unless you're in a heavy storm environment, uh, you know, it, it can be difficult. So we little by little got into retail and then we liked what we saw it was a much more predictable business. And so we made that that leap again, like you said, about about four years ago. Yeah. And so in order to get into retail, so things had to change. So you needed a selling system. You needed marketing system. You had to drive leads every day now. You had to go out and make make leads. You had to have, obviously, systems for production and getting paid and profit model and all of that. So yeah. let's give everybody kind of an indication of, you don't have to share numbers if you don't want to, but how many, let's start with how many salespeople do you have right now? Uh, we've got four salespeople and a sales manager. Okay. So um, four salespeople and a sales manager. So that if you're watching the video and you see my face, this has been a long time coming. Um, let's talk about even, let's talk about a year ago. How many salespeople did you have a year ago? A year ago, we had one uh, and a sales manager selling part-time. And, and then I was selling about a third of my time. A third of your time. Yeah. yeah. And so um, how was that for you? 
well, not fun. I mean, when when I'm carrying a, a sizable load, it, it, I, I couldn't focus on a lot more. So when you're out selling, you're you know you're quoting, you're dealing with day to day issues, and so let's just say I, I spent probably ninety percent of my time working in the business, and you know maybe ten percent on the business. So it was pretty hectic. Yeah, the days weren't real fun, and and uh, I just wasn't having a lot of fun in general. Yeah. And having one salesperson, having a quote unquote sales manager, which by the way, is the sales manager, the same guy as you had last, last year? No. Today's? No. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. Because you know, we, you and I've had this conversation, a really great sales manager is not going to come and want to work for a company that's got one salesperson, no selling system, and the owners, you know, basically half the business, you know, running leads and half the business. You know, you can't hire somebody to come in and be and save you. You know, we call it, you know, in mastermind, we call it hiring a savior, right? We can't do that. Although people try all the time, right? And so let's stick with that because that is, you know, the core of this business. I, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced the core of this business is selling. Because if you've got a great system for selling, now you've got the confidence to go and invest in marketing. Because I know that, so what's your current NSLI? Our NSLI is about uh, 3,000, just under 3,000. Okay, so 3,000 bucks. So every lead Mm -hmm. I issue, every lead I issue now, you know, as the owner, you're going to get $3,000 back. Well, now we we know how much we can invest to get that lead. And we can invest a nice amount of money to get that lead. And so that's why I think the selling system is the key. And then of course, getting the work done, that's the commoditized part of this business. Yes, it's hard. You got to deal with the customer. You got to deal with contractors or your own laborers or however you're going to do it. But that's like almost the easy part of the business. It's It's setting up the selling system. So you had some some challenges with the selling system early on. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And and maybe just to back up just a little bit too from there is, you know, prior. So when we first made the retail move, uh, we did the natural thing. I think that maybe a lot of companies do. And we just went out and tried to compete on price. So we just go out, try to be the good guys and we try to compete on price. And sure enough, we, we got quite a few jobs and we started to grow. But the people that we had to compete, if you're going to compete in the price game, you're competing against guys that are maybe one offs. You would like to say Chuck in a truck or guys that maybe just kind of have a, a business so that they have a job. And we were struggling from a profitability standpoint. So we started to grow a little bit. You know, we go into a nice job and, and sales were going up, but profitability was not good. And that's when, you know, we, we've got, we got a little bit of clarity on. Uh, and, and that was about really about the time we we started attending Accelerate, I think, in 2021. And then uh, we got into the mastermind group uh, shortly after that, about a year after that, and really learned and got religion on profitability. And without without making any money, a couple of things is you know, we, we didn't feel like we could afford salespeople. We certainly couldn't afford a lot of marketing. And, and so it really kind of started there and we figured out or we learned through Accelerate that we had to increase our price and we had to get our profitability up so that we could afford a couple of salespeople and we could afford to spend on marketing. So when you start raising your price, it, 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 became, it becomes really obvious too that, that you can't compete. 
And you can't just sell. If you're not competing on price, you have to differentiate yourself on value. And we were unable to do that without a sales system. So we, so we started kind of, you know, having trouble and having trouble with our closing rate. And, and so little by little, we figured out we, we needed a sales system that could tell our story better uh, than just, you know, just me being out there or sales manager so that we could train people to do that. And so we could start to scale the business. So that that was really kind of the eye opener is is to to get price more right. At that point, we had a couple of a couple of times where we had to you know readjust that, and we have since. And uh, started working on a sales system, implemented that, and and then that really started getting things going. We could add people; they could go sell. I could get out of the sales role, and uh, little by little, we started to get some traction. You said something in there that's really good. You got religion on profit. You got religion on profit. Talk a little bit more about that. You work really hard as a small business owner. And, you know, I was working whatever, 70 hours a week. Lot, lots of us do, you know, working too many hours, not not enjoying the business and really not taking any money home. Uh, any little bit of money we made, we'd reinvest back in the business, try to do marketing and and so when we first went to accelerate and got, you know, listened to some of the industry leaders speaking, uh, you know, Scott Berman, uh, Brian Gottlieb, and, you know, and, and you, and just hearing how important it was to get profitability right so that that can become the fuel of the business. And so when you start making more profit, you have money to spend on people and marketing. And then hopefully you get to pay yourself a little bit more too for, you know, for the, for the effort and the, the liability that we all take on as small business owners. Yeah. So um, my mind's going two places at once. I'm going to come back to the selling thing in a minute. I want to stick with the profitability thing for a second. Yeah. So um, you've fixed profitability. Yeah, um, I mean we're we're it's still a we're still in progress, but we 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 hit a, an initial milestone where profitability was in an acceptable rate, where you know our operating profit was getting closer to fifteen percent, you know, before royalties, and then I attended the profit workshop uh, that uh, you and Mark Curry do. And, you know, that's really going to kind of a, a college, you know, 201 course on profitability. And so having gone through that now, now we have to look at profitability even at a, at a different level and, and, and really make for a healthy business. And how, how do we measure, you know, where should our fixed costs be? Where should our marketing spend be? And in order for us to grow, we need more fuel. So we need more, we need more in the marketing budget. We need more in the people budget uh, so that we can grow the business. And so that's really the key, get somewhat healthy and then keep, working on increasing profit so that you can fuel the business for growth. And so now we've got a little bit more work to do after going to the profit workshop and and really learning how to uh, you know price everything correctly and how to how to measure the different elements of the uh, of fixed cost and marketing and sales and all of that. Is it safe to say now that you have become profit focused, not revenue focused? For sure. Yeah, you know, early on, yeah, you you just want to be like everybody else. You want to be, uh, you know, you want to be a five, ten million dollar business, and you know that's the dream. And and you don't really think about the the bottom line. You just think it's going to naturally be there. But uh, what you realize pretty quickly is it's not there. And if you don't work hard and you don't understand the elements and the science of profitability, you're going to work really hard and and you're not going to make a lot of money. Which I think a lot of small business owners are are stuck in that rut. 
And so you have to learn the fundamentals and, and really you know, be pretty good. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be an accountant, but no. you need to know some basics. It's, it's once you know the basics, you know, you'll, you'll be 80% of the way there. You know, business owners, and this is one of the things that it frustrates me because it doesn't have to be this way. And you, you know, you've known me long enough to where it's, you know, my story and, you know, I took my eye off a of profit in, in the hopes that, just like you said, well, you know, if we grow big enough, eventually there's going to be some money left over. And too many business owners today, I mean, forget even in our industry, I mean, just look at everybody, you know, I don't think it's unique to our business, but our business is unique in the sense that we're going into people's homes. We're going into their most valued space. It's not like they're coming to a restaurant to us or a retail location or our office. We're going to them and we're delivering our service there. And if we do a good job there and we give them peace of mind and we give them assurances that we're going to take care of them and we're going to service them and we do good work with good products to back it up, we deserve to make a very good profit. And I'm not talking five, six points. I'm talking 15 to 20%. There's nothing wrong with making 15 to 20%. Now, what gets in the way a lot of the time is the thinking and the mindset. So you're an engineer, my father, engineer. I know the type very, very well, very analytical. You question everything. You question yourself more than anything else. Like, you know, we have that in common. I I, I'm, I think I got some of that engineer mind and that that was why I would, I would always beat myself up so much. You and I have that in common. I, I don't hear it as much from you, but at the beginning, you would beat yourself up quite a bit. Now- what work did you have to do to stop beating yourself up mentally so you could get yeah. focused on where, what you really wanted rather than, you know, rear view mirror of everything that you haven't done? Yeah, it's still a work in progress. It, uh, it, For me, too. It, it's, sure it is. It's, it's but easier. you've made some incredible strides just in yeah. the last 18 months. Yeah. You know, you know, I think, uh, you know, being a part of mastermind, uh, you know, you, you spend a lot of time talking to us and, and teaching us about mindset and, and, you know, things like the gap in the gain where we, we try to not focus on how far away we are from where we think the ideal place is, but how far we've come and try to take pride in that. Um, so I, I think there's a few things. One, you know, you know, that's helped a lot. The, an, another piece is, is that, a couple of years back, I don't know, I read it somewhere that I need to become the leader that my organization needs me to be a year or three years from now. And so I really got on this journey of self-study. And and so I think that's helped um, a lot from, a, you know, I've increased my knowledge base. I've read some really great books, uh, you know, some that uh, have been recommended from you out of Mastermind, Think and Grow Rich, uh, The E-Myth. There's a number of books out there that are just really good on helping you understand life and business and, and really kind of get your head straight. And when you do that, it helped me get a little more confident uh, in my decisions. And, and then being part of Mastermind, you're around companies that are doing um, you know, anywhere from, you know, three, you know, two, three million dollars a year up to say $20 million a year. And when you get to sit with that group and, and see what they're doing and learn from them, where you can shorten the learning curve instead of trying to 
kind of create a sales system on your own. You can see what sales system they're using and try to emulate their business because they're where, you know, for, for me, they're where I want to be. And, and so it really helps to, to be around them and soak that in. And it just helps your confidence and you start, you stop kind of beating yourself up and, and you start working on the business a little bit more. You start improving your skill set. And so for me, I think that's really helped as I've gotten more confident as I've studied and, and worked on myself. And, uh, you know, that, that's helped a lot. So it's interesting because yeah, and you've heard me say it over and over and you, you know, and, and even on this podcast, I say it, I really, I'm convinced after all of this time, after over 30 years of being in business myself, I am absolutely 100%. It's 90%, at least 90% mindset and 10% skill set. Because as you demonstrated, once you kind of got it, once something clicked inside of you and you got it and you said, you know what, I need to work a little bit more on myself. I need to make sure that I am, like you said, the leader that my business is going to need, not right now, but a year from now, three years from now, you work, you want to work on yourself. And when you go to work on yourself, then you get, you gain more confidence, like you said, and then that will allow you to make the, the tough decisions in your business. So with that said, let's go back now to the selling system. I think that was a good place to go because a lot of people, that's where they get stuck. I've mentioned this recently, but I don't know how many conversations I've had where, especially in, when I go speak with groups that have you know smaller companies, you know, once you get to a million, two, a million, three, you're kind of, you're, that's, that's about as far as you can go because unless something dramatically changes and generally what has to change is that you have to install now a selling system because as an owner, yeah, you can go out, you could sell a million, a million bucks a year. Some will get up to a million, three million, four, but you're yeah. working two full-time jobs now. And you're hardly making any money. You're not getting paid for the sales you're making. Mm -hmm. And it's just, a, it's a really uncomfortable place to be. And somebody, you know, will ask me, okay, well, what do I, what do I have to do? And my answer, they don't like it, but my answer is you got to stop selling. And this was something we beat you up on. And I hate to say beat you up on, but sure. this was something yeah. you heard a Tough couple of times at Mastermind. Because at Mastermind, one of the great things about Mastermind groups is there's nowhere to hide. You know, you're in, you're in the, you're in the room, you're surrounded by your group of people, your peers, uh, there's nowhere to hide. And if yeah. you're BSing, you'll get called out on it. And you, you come to the point where it's like, well, wait a minute, I can draw confidence from them. And then now when I show up, I better show up ready. And yeah. so you had some, you had some struggles there with the selling system. Let's talk a little bit about that. What are some of the things that you came up against that maybe some other people are, you know, dealing with right now and they're saying, "Wow, I know it makes sense, but I'm afraid or I don't know how to do it." What are some of the things you had to go through in order to put that selling system in place? Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime 
to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Yeah, yeah, great question. And, and it took us about two two to three years, much longer than it should have. I'm, I'm a yeah. slow learner. And so some of the things that happen is once you realize it, then you think, all right, well, we'll just come up with our own sales system. And so it's back to, you know, recreate the wheel. Why, why would you? There's so many good sales systems out there. A lot of them are fairly similar, um, mm-hmm. but they're all about you know, taking the customer on this uh, psychological journey through the purchase process. And so we, we messed around and we... T- you know, we tried to do our own. That didn't work. So then we we um, got into a system and you know paid to utilize a system. And then we didn't like certain elements of it. So we thought we were smarter than they were. So we we start tweaking it and and we wonder why our closing rate is uh, you know twenty percent or twenty five percent. And and it took us a long time. And and really, you know, again through seeing it in in say in mastermind, you get just such a good look at great operators and well-run companies that it it opens your eyes and 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 it proves to you that you shouldn't be doing anything else except follow the system as it's designed put it in place and when you when you see bigger companies doing it and they're doing it successfully and they're hiring people that are just good people that maybe don't have the skill set you just plug them in and and it works. And you know, how does McDonald's hire 16-year-old kids to make Big Macs taste the same every day? It's kind of the same idea as you just hire good people and put it in place. So it took us, uh boy, again, two years of uh, you know, much longer than it should have. It should only take six months, but I'm kind of slow. Well, okay, but but more importantly, the decision only takes two to three seconds. Yes. The decision yeah. only takes two to three seconds, but then somebody will say, yeah, I need a selling system, but they half-ass it. Just like, that's what you just mm-hmm. described It's like, yeah. and, and it's perfectly normal. I mean, a lot of people do this and thank God that you didn't like carry on with this because some people yep. will carry on with that for years. Sure. So now they've got a $3 million business, three and a half million dollar business. They're working harder and longer than they've ever worked. They have more risk and more liability than they've ever had. They have one salesperson, one maybe salesman, kind of like your, you know, what you described, yeah. what was your business. And all because their ego gets in the way of, well, my way, I don't like the way they do that. So I'm going to change this. Well, yeah. like you said, it's a psychological journey you're taking people on. By the way, it's not manipulative. This is one of the things that people need to get over. It's not right. manipulative. It's no. not unethical. We're not sitting there slamming people, forcing them to. That's the old days. That's the old Tin Men days. Yeah. A one call closed selling system is actually, I think, much more ethical than the and better experience for the customer than the traditional, well, let me come and check out your roof and then I'll get you an estimate. 
oh, I'll get you a quote. And then they email it over. And then it's like, there's no value built. I don't know who I'm dealing with. I what As a consumer, what am I left with? I'm left with price. So I'm going to go with the cheapest guy. And so the guy that lost that job says, well, yeah, I lost it because of price. No, you lost it because you were lazy. You lost it because you didn't build enough value into it. But that messes with people. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to so many people. You, you see me do it in Mastermind. I mean... You know, we got to talk some people down off the ledge. You were one of them, you know, but you, but you were never, you would try stuff. You would implement it and it wouldn't work. And then we would say to you, hey, here's why it didn't work. But then you would keep going and you would implement. And then finally it's like, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to make this work. And yeah. luckily, you know, it only took a couple of years for that to happen. Yeah. It, we, and we struggled when we put the sales system in place. We were thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to have to spend four hours in the house and back them into a corner and play all these games. And 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 you don't have to. Yeah. Are there some companies that do that and, and yeah, give it a bad name? There there are some. But what we learned, because we, we, we take the consultative approach and okay. you know, we, we, we want to take care of them. We want to be their uh, supplier for life. And we just want to come in and tell a good story and be the good guys. And, and at first we didn't think we were going to be able to do that, but, but we, we, we have been able to, and it works. And the, the, really the sales system and the one call close is just a, a very efficient check all the boxes for the customer, educate them, and then ask for the sale before you go in, in, you know, it doesn't have to be high pressure. And and that took us a little while to wrap our brain around. We, and it was probably more of an excuse than anything to really implement it right. And yeah, you, know, you just get distracted is. and you think you got better ideas and you, you know, you just have to trust in you and, and, and being around other companies really helps too, though, because when you see them doing it and they're doing it successfully, when you're not around other companies and you're just stuck in your own head, you know, you just come up with all these reasons and excuses not to implement and you get busy and, and it's just a, it's a bad place to be. It's, it's lonely being a business owner. You have to get around other business owners and you, you have to see systems work so that you can confidently go back to your own business and put those in place. I, I, but it's really helped me be around other business owners and also have some mentors as, as well. Yeah. You know, you just said something that's really great. So E-Myth. So every entrepreneur knows E-Myth and probably, probably most everybody listening to this probably even read the E-Myth. But it's understanding what he's really talking about there is that what is what we don't always get. And you just brought up some, you, you just, I wrote it down. You gave a really good analogy. I'm going to figure out how to swipe that from you. But really the selling system and all the other systems, but we're just talking about the selling system. What you just said is about, it's like McDonald's taking a 16 year old kid that can't even clean their room mm -hmm. and teaching them how to run a $3 million hamburger stand or their exactly. place in it. And exactly. making the Big Mac the same in this location and in that location and thousands of other locations. Well, how do you do that? Yeah. You do that through step-by-step -step choreography, scripting. It's, yeah. you know, and then how do you manage to it? If the Big Mac doesn't taste right, uh, you know, Rick Grosso says this funny thing. He says, how do you burn French fries at McDonald's? He goes, you think. And you want to take you, and it's funny the way he says it, but he's right in that you want to take 
all external inputs out of it, right? It's like, here is the process. So when you go up to the front door, let's say, you do this, you knock, you take a step back, you, when you walk in, you do this. Then when you sit down and you go through your iPad sales presentation, when you show them, you know, step one, you go through, this is the scripting that you use because again, it's psychological, but we're not doing anything again. We're not doing anything to manipulate anybody. What we're doing is we're being of value and we're being of service by the way. So let me ask you this. So at the beginning, it was hard for you to raise prices because you couldn't build in the value. Right. Now, how is it? How much yeah. more are you charging now than you did before the selling system came in? About? We've raised our prices at least 50%. Okay. And so let me ask you this. Well, in your case, did your close rates go up or did they go down? Well, when we raised prices without a sales system, closing rate went down. Down. When when we put the sales system in place, closing rate went back to where it was when we were competing at price. Okay. And now where is your closing rate? Is it higher than it than it was? So so closing rate is now starting to go above where it was. Price yeah. has not has not changed. Yeah. Price hasn't changed our closing rate. Now, here's the other side of that, too, is so people will say, yeah, but it's not fair to the customer. You know, they're going to get pissed off when they find out that they that you charged them more. Let me ask you this. Of all of the reviews that you've got, the hundreds of reviews that you've got, and you've got a great score. Mm-hmm. Has one person in their review given you a bad review because of your price? No. Um, so if you look at the typical roofing window job, no, because if you sell value and you deliver value at the end of the day, that's, that's what they're buying. They're, they're, they're buying the value. I mean, you're not going to, you know, if you, if you go out and buy a, a Mercedes Benz, you know, you're paying more money, right? right? It's still a car. I mean, it's not significantly different than say a, a Chevy, but you're willing to pay more for the value and you don't go back to Mercedes and complain. You, 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 you appreciate the value you got. And so the key yeah. is you have to deliver that value. You have to sell it, you have to show them it, and then you have to deliver. Yeah. And then when it starts to work, your confidence grows. And when your confidence yeah. grows... Yeah, when confidence grows, you know, now now we can start bringing more people in and, and we can show them the system. We can show them people that are having success. It just builds on itself and you start to gain, like you say, you gain more confidence. You start to feel like, all right, yeah, I think we're onto something here. I think we got this part right. Now, now we got to figure out marketing and so that we can feed marketing and right. more leads to the team. And, and so then your, your, your focus shifts and you start running the business like a sales, like you said earlier, a sales organization and, and a marketing organization, which ultimately most businesses like ours are. And we, we have to be really good at that. On the marketing side too, you guys, you know, Jamie was heading, is heading that up and yeah. she's like a sponge. She, she's right. Every meeting, she's writing stuff down, writing stuff down and boom, she gets home and you know, she executed, you know, she executed because of this, because, you know, just a few weeks later, like not even months later or a year later, now you start to hear the stories and to her credit too, she'll listen. We made one suggestion to her, Hey, in the group, and she went and immediately made the change. And what did she say? The the results were like three X what they were yeah. before that change. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's She's all about it, 
Yeah, she is. But it's about implementation. Now, the other big thing, the other big thing for you was you wanted to be an EOS company. You wanted to be an EOS long before you were anywhere near ready for it. You wanted to be an EOS company. And, And basically, you know, we've talked about that here. But basically what that means is that you follow the EOS structure, which is you've got a visionary, which is typically us. Because yep. we're all over the place and we make messes mm-hmm. and we should not be dealing in details and all of that. Then you need an integrator who is the one that's going to deal with all of the details and the people and all the stuff that we don't want to do. Then you got yeah. somebody in charge of sales. You got somebody that's in charge of marketing and accountable for results, production and admin. And you wanted this structure, but you and Jamie were in almost every box. Sure. Just like yeah. just like me and Addie were in every box the first time mm-hmm. we started yeah. it, it was small. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing now? How's your wh- where are you now in your building out your EOS team, your leadership team? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, you you mentioned earlier a little bit about making that transition from say a one million dollar company to a three million dollar company. You know, you can think of business in kind of ones and threes. And every time you evolve from a, a one to a three, you have to kind of reinvent the business. Yeah. And so, you know, as a million dollars, you're doing everything. And to get to say a $3 million and then above there, you have to start adding team members. You have to start adding leadership member, sales manager, eventually a production manager, an office manager. And so early on, yeah, you're, you know, it's, it's a little harder from an EOS standpoint because you don't have a team. But as you start adding team members, one of the most important things we've ever implemented in our business is, is EOS. It, it's been a complete game changer. Uh, when we started doing, uh, level 10 meetings and, and we have, four, say four people, our leadership team is made up of four people. We've got now sales manager, production manager, uh, myself as the integrator, and and then uh, office marketing manager. So we sit in and having that that weekly meeting where we're looking at our, our key performance indicators every week in the L10 meetings, and then the quarterly and the annual offsite strategy meetings. I mean, it's it's a complete game changer. I mean, we would meet, we would talk about great things, and then we would go back to our busy lives and nothing would get done. And with EOS and the L10 meetings, you, you just spend a lot of time uh, on issues and solving problems right there with the team. And you just you just get a lot more clarity on the business and you start looking at metrics weekly and it it just changes how you run the business, how you think about the business. It changes accountability and uh, it's it's just been it's just been fantastic for us. So we we love it. We've got everybody in the right seats. We've got the best team we've ever had, which is, you know, which really helps a lot, too. So we can we can actually leave the business for a for a week if need be. And the, and the team knows what to do and they, they do a great job around the business without us there. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been huge. You know, when you said that to me over the phone about we have the best team we've ever had, that was one that I was so happy for you because I know how much you've struggled with that. We, we all struggle with that of getting the right people on the, uh, on the team, but yeah. you have to build a company where great people want to come and work. Yeah. You got to have a great vision. You got to have a way of holding people accountable. You got to show great people how to win. Yeah. Cuz you know, you and me, you know, we want to win, 
But yeah. we also want to surround ourselves and we need to surround ourselves with people that are also hungry to win in yeah. their piece of the business. And so it's so awesome to see that you've reshaped your company from one that would really kind of repel really good people to mm-hmm. now it's going to be like, wow, they're going to come in yeah. and they're like, wow, the energy here is great. I mean, look at this guy, Ryan, he's calm. You know, he's not stressed out about the business. He's not yelling at people. There's not messes flying all over the place. This place is like, this place is well run. And then when he sits down or she sits down and you lay out your vision for the future, now you get good, you get great people. Yeah. And EOS does a good job of helping you figure out what what you want to look like, say, three years from now. And what's your big, hairy, audacious goal, say, 10 years from now. And, and so, yeah, you, you get, you get clarity and, and, you know, and we talked a little bit about this and I, I think one of the, one of the most important things for me was to really get clarity on where we were going as a business, because now I could sell that to people. We knew we had to raise our gross profits so that we had more money to spend on marketing and spend on people. And you talk about A, a players, you know, they don't want to come work for a company that's in chaos they want to work for a winner. And, and okay. you know, if you're an A player, you can smell chaos and you can smell yeah. lack of clarity and, and disorganization and cult toxic culture. You can feel that and taste that and, and they're not going to want to join your organization. So you have to evolve into that. You have to start, you know, with a with a vision and and uh, and then work your way and get EOS and get organized, get confidence and, and get good clarity for the organization and then sell that to people. And, and yeah, little by little, A players want to come and join your team. And once that happens, you know, you're off to the races. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you working on now? What are you working on between now and the end of the year? What's kind of your big goal for the fourth quarter? So, you know, the good news is, is I, I, I don't spend a lot of time in the day to day anymore because I have a great team. So now I spend most of my time working on the business, working on strategy. And right now I'm, I'm learning how to, to do marketing. I'm, I'm learning how to be an expert in marketing. So that's kind of one of my big journeys. We've got our, we've got a great sales manager and a great sales system in place. And, and that's uh, rolling, and 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 now it's uh, create more leads uh, to drive growth in the business, and 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 continue to work on profitability, so that we have again more more fuel uh, to spend on marketing, so that we can grow and and spend on people, and uh, you know spend on infrastructure as well. Looking back, last question. Looking back over your kind of your nine year journey, um, if you could go back to any point in time and maybe do something a little different or tell you, tell young, younger Ryan something, what, what, what would that be? One would be, you know, don't, don't try to recreate the wheel, just surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do and learn from them and, and just borrow. And you'd be amazed at how many people in our industry want to share and help. Yep. And you just have to ask. And I was, I was too nervous. I didn't think it was appropriate. So I didn't ask. And, you know, I wasn't in a mastermind group and I didn't have a mentor. And so it really slowed. And I, if I could go back, I do all of that within the first year or two uh, so that I could see what greatness looked like 
And then I could start on that journey right away. It took me quite a long time and took me a lot of study to, to figure out what, what that looks like and what industry leading looks like. And I think secondly is, is try to get as quickly as you can to working on the business. Our worlds are so full of urgent tasks. There's so much going on where our heads are full and you just have to try to break away from some of that urgent, unimportant stuff. And you got to work a little bit on the business. You got to work on your sales system. Uh, you got to work on putting SOPs in place to get rid of some of the chaos in the business. And I wish I would have done some of that earlier. I wish I would have understood the importance of it. And again, I'm a slow learner. So it took me a while to figure all that out. And and I wish I would have known that sooner. Yeah. Well, you and me have that in common also. Slow learner. <laughs> but hey, look. Hey, we finally got it. You know, we finally figured yeah. it out. There really is a lot of good help out there if you go look for mm-hmm. it. A lot of great mm-hmm. teachers, mentors, people that are willing to help and open up. And fortunately for you know you and me, we're surrounded by a lot of really great people. You know, oh, uh, really great people. And and um, so that's awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you for uh, for taking the time and and uh, for. Uh, sharing your story. I think I'm so excited for you and Jamie to see, you know, what next year is going to look like. I think that this is going to be your breakout year and um, you've laid all the groundwork for it and you're starting to see all of the results now. And so I'm really excited for you. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's been an honor. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, Definitely an honor. And uh, you've shared a lot of wisdom over the last few years and and uh, really appreciate that. And and hopefully the listeners are are tuning in to some of your different podcasts because there's a lot of nuggets, a lot of really good stuff and in all of that. So thank you. I, I well, appreciate we, you. You know what? In the thank you. Probably in this episode somewhere, we're gonna put a, a commercial for accelerate, but let me just do a quick quick, quick plug for accelerate. If you are interested in joining us, uh, I think 2024, 2023 was our biggest event yet. 2024, we have to, we had to expand capacity. Um, you know, last year was, that was huge. And this year we we're basically taking over a whole hotel in Orlando and uh, right down the street from Disney. And I've got my core speakers, Charlie Gundell, Scott Berman, Mark Curry, John Inglis, and I got a couple others that are kind of in the wings that I think people are going to really, really love. We've got some fun stuff planned, but I think that, you know, Accelerate, well, how would you describe, because you've been now for, you guys started in 21, you said? 21, yep. Yeah, so you've been to three of them now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's really a uh, it's a crash course in how to run your business. What systems you should have in place starts with profitability, a lot on mindset, a lot on sales systems, a lot on marketing. And those those are the pillars and the foundation of of running a good business. And you get all of that, and to be able to sit and listen to some of the rock stars. Uh, like Scott Berman and, you know, Gottlieb and all those, those guys are just fantastic. And yeah, it, they're, they're so good to listen to that. It, it's, it's worth the money. I, I, I see no reason. I don't know why we'll ever miss one because every year is a little different. You get to listen to different people. You're at a little bit different point in, in your evolution and your knowledge. And so it always means something uh, important. So it, it's a, it's a fantastic event. You do a great job with it. Great. Well, thank you. 
you guys like how I did that? I kind of I started the plug and then I asked him <laughs> to finish it for me. But if you guys are interested in learning more, go to accelerateevent.com, accelerateevent.com. And there's probably a coupon code that you can use. I'm going to make one up. Wealthy24, Wealthy24, you'll save an extra hundred bucks on your ticket. Wealthy24, yeah, accelerateevent.com. Go there. We'd love to see you there. Ryan, thank you again. Can't wait to see you guys in just a few weeks at Mastermind. Give Jamie my best. Yeah, Andy as well. Thanks, Brian. Take care. All right, everybody. You guys got to go. Me and Ryan got a few more things to talk about. But until next time, hope you enjoyed this episode. I think this episode, you know, I say it, I I say it almost every episode. Maybe I'm deluded into, you know, delusions. But I think that this episode was flipping fantastic. And this is another one you got to go back and listen to again, because there's so much nuance in it, the mindset stuff about the selling system. There's a lot in there. So go back and listen to it again. And I think you'll get more stuff out of it. So, okay, I'll shut up now. Until next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. For insights on skyrocketing your home improvement business and accelerating your journey to the success, wealth, and freedom you've always dreamed about, be sure to get your free copy of my best-selling book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor at www.thewealthycontractor.com. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. See you next time.